Hi there, and welcome to episode 22 of the ADHD Adults. I'm James Brown, co-founder of ADHD Adult UK, and to the disappointment of me, uh, probably 20 listeners, his parents, and society in general, I'm joined by a man once described by his wife Lisa as being more useful as a doorstop than as an actual human being, Dr. Alex Connor. Alex, hi. How, sweet queen. I actually blew snot out my nose then. <laughs> That's how uh, Hamlet would have greeted his mother in the in the seventeenth uh, century, I think. So they would say "how," not just "how are you," just just the word "how." A bit like uh, Native Americans. I've got Ooh. a fucking head. I've got a headache already <laughs> from from the. I didn't have one forty five seconds ago, but I've got an instant Alex headache. <laughs> fucking hell. how are you, Al? You're right. Oh, very well, thank you, James. Yeah, as always, all good. I've forgotten what comes next. Sorry, carry on. I've forgotten this bit, how annoying it is, but carry on. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm good. <laughs> the podcast is going well. We've got loads of correspondence coming in. And we've, been sent... <laughs> <laughs> we've been sent a letter from uh, Robert from Giddiman Street. Just say simply, can you stop flogging this dead horse, please? It isn't funny. Also, James is a knob. Thanks, so Rob. Thanks, thanks Robert. Robert from. Thanks, thanks, Robert. Cheers, Dad. I have got a real email though. Can I read? Good, it good. It's from Ben, I won't use his surname. It says your podcast made my life suddenly make sense. I only got a diagnosis privately last week. Um, I'm waiting treatment plan, but I got more therapy from the 36 hours it took me to blast through every episode <laughs> than I have from years of shitty counselling. <laughs> I know myself, strengths, limitations, blind spots, most importantly, why I'm like this. And you're incredibly relatable and humorous episodes have given me that. Thank you, guys, and keep up the good work. I, that really means something to me. I really I really like it. We read everything people send in. They're not letters. We never get literal letters. but And we try and respond to everybody. They mean particularly a lot to James because he doesn't have any actual friends. <laughs> That's very true. Um, and I had something witty to say, but I didn't write it down and I've forgotten it. So that's fucking ruined. Well done. Um, yeah, so moving on quickly. As usual, our podcasts are a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. In the last episode, we talked about procrastination. And this week, we're going to talk about an issue that <clears throat> is definitely personal to me and a few of us have. And that it's quite broad. And we're deliberately keeping it broad. But that's our relationship with, with food and eating. So shout out to Claire and Danny for suggesting this topic or related topics so the three parts as usual are some evidence-based psychoeducation which the psychoeducation monkey over there is going to do our personal reflections on what our relationship with food is which is really going to fucking annoy me because i know that alex is will be planning to do the thing with his fingers which he specifically does just to wind me up like salt bay isn't it it is yeah but just (laughs) by somebody that looks like you um so we'll talk about our our experiences of um, our relationship with food. And then the third and final part, we'll give some top tips on the area that we've been given or that we find works. So, Alex, are you able to put down the roast quail or swan that you're probably eating and give us some psychoeducation? Yes. <laughs> Just do it, oh, yeah. posh lad. All right. Okay. Let's start off with some myth-busting Firstly, goldfish don't have particularly bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit... That annoys me every time. That's not. I know that's not relevant, though, so I'll do a different kind of myth-busting. Are you ready, James? Number one myth. Yep. Food additives or sugar do not cause ADHD. Number yep. two, 
That's it. I haven't got any other myths. <laughs> That's it. Food additives or sugar do not cause ADHD. So thanks for joining in for this week's episode of Mythbusting <laughs> Myth ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Goldfish and food additives. Yeah, no, no food is bad. What isn't a myth, though, is that there is a complicated relationship between ADHD and food. Previous research on adults with ADHD has shown that we have higher rates of overweightedness and higher <laughs> rates of obesity compared to non-ADHD adults. What, as well. what was it? What, sorry, what, what was the what was the first of those? Um, so it, it was over overweightness, which isn't a word. <laughs> I didn't I didn't write it though, James Brown. I don't know who did. It's just that you said overweighted nonness, which I thought. I know. Was, it's my you know, yeah. it was levity, overweightedness. Um, we do though. And we also have more unhealthy diet habits. Yeah. Is this time, James, to point out that diet comes from the oh, Greek oh. dieta, meaning to live normally? No, Alex, it's never the fucking time for you to point out anything that you've read about in your study of Greek or Latin or ancient kings or how we use language. It's never the time. This isn't the podcast. Get your own podcast called Alex yeah. is a, a language twat, where you basically... <laughs> talk about the derivation of all the words we use and how many of them come from Shakespeare. Fuck. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but what about diet as in the Scottish government? No, that's from the Latin for daily. <laughs> Fucking give up. So the evidence around ADHD and eating behaviours has shown the following. Massive, massive caveat. This is population studies and averages. Not everyone. Not everyone. We get that a lot when we're talking about science. People go, well, I don't do that. Am I not ADHD? No, it doesn't work like that. It's just more likely. So adolescents with ADHD tend to consume foods with less nutrient density, less vitamins, less mineral, minerals, and more total fat. Children with ADHD tend to stick more often to sweet tasting and fast food diets. There are significant associations between ADHD and both the number of overeating episodes and unhealthy food consumption in children, of course, there are. As adults, university students with ADHD have been shown to eat a similar number of calories and food servings to non-ADHD students. But these calories included more unhealthy foods for those with ADHD and unhealthy. We really struggle with the word unhealthy, but foods, foods which are easier to digest and lead to, to more uh, food eating behaviors it's a complicated concept with food isn't it james as you well know people should know that james did this bit because it's james's literal job to understand metabolism <laughs> and food as a site as a actual professional scientist albeit a stupid looking one <laughs> adhd people generally have reduced intake of vegetables and fruits increased intake of sugar sweets soft drinks fast food so you basically describing my diet then <laughs> yeah james we are all aware that you eat like a four-year-old to be fair alex i would say a six-year-old shut up i'm trying to psychoeducate 12 people in an australian man who hates me <laughs> right some important science to deal with here firstly executive function or weaker executive function remember those higher thinking skills we've talked about a little bit means that in some adults with adhd planning and preparing healthy food can be more difficult than grabbing a pizza. I mean, that is more difficult for everyone, right? But for us, that's a real, real problem. Even remembering to buy the ingredients when you have a poor working memory, that can be an issue, of course. Even more seriously, and here is the trigger warning klaxon. Uh, klaxon's a trade name. Klaxon. Trade, so we should... Really <laughs> 
Sorry, does that anybody out there that pronounces it klaxon and not klaxon? Is that just That's me? That you, klaxon. Every time, every time you say it, we have to pay a, a, a royalty <laughs> for klaxon, big klaxon. <laughs> at least we've trigger, okay. at least we've trigger warned. The people have had a good minute now to be trigger warned because we've spent time talking about right. Yeah, yeah, they have. There is evidence that the overall risk of diagnosing any eating disorder in ADHD was almost fourfold higher than in people, in adults without ADHD. This includes eating disorders, including anorexia nervosa, which is more than fourfold, bulimia, which is nearly sixfold, binge eating disorder, which again is uh, fourfold more likely. And this risk is significantly higher if ADHD was clinically diagnosed as opposed to self-reported. Adult women with ADHD are especially at higher risk of developing eating disorders, especially bulimia nervosa. Not funny, but it's clear ADHD has a pretty blooming marked effect on our relationship with food. I mean, it, it really does. Um, this is clearly, for some that are listening, going to be a painful subject matter, including me, who's not listening but talking. I don't actually listen to our podcast, Alex. It's shit. But... <laughs> Um, it's very important for us to discuss this and we've had people that have asked us to cover this subject and it's something I think I would want to hear about if I wasn't one of the two idiots making this podcast. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of these eating behaviours, particularly the eating behaviours associated with disorders, are linked to rewards, something we talk about quite a lot and we use that shorthand, you know, dopamine. But we know that there's evidence that if you scan the brains of people who are shown images of food that the brain activity in adults um, with lots of ADHD symptoms is different to non-ADHD brains or even ADHD adults with fewer ADHD symptoms. What that means is the way in which our brain perceives particularly unhealthy food as being rewarding is different. This brain response um, may be why having ADHD includes an increased risk of having an eating disorder such as the eating disorder I have, which is binge eating disorder. And then when you combine that with the lack of impulse control we often have, that cognitive inhibition that that is often lacking, it, it makes sense that we might struggle with controlling our relationship with food. In fact, there is some research. So I know Alex is the psychoeducation monkey, but obviously I've been <clears throat> semi-involved in this process. But research from the University of, of Toronto, yes, Alex, I read something, um, found that food or food images triggered the reward center of the brain at a higher level in ADHD adults and non-ADHD adults. So that part of the brain where dopamine is telling you food is good, again, has altered activity if you've got ADHD. And that helps to maybe explain why we see these quite alarming kind of statistics when it comes to eating disorders and it's no so surprise I, really is it either it, that that if your reward system is is knackered then something yeah. comes in that gives us evolutionarily reward it's gonna like fly that off the off the off the handle <laughs> it is it is going to fly off the off the handle alex and very accurately put and i think when you it's look soft. at the other issues <laughs> other issues which we are going to cover which are associated with external activities that give us reward, which are potentially damaging. It could be substance abuse. It could be gambling. Again, yeah. stud studies often show the same thing, that, that yes. the idea or the thought of engaging in that activity will stimulate reward centers of a brain of an adult with ADHD differently to a normal adult. So we, we have this kind of inner like perception of, of reward that's, that's different. 
so on that incredibly cheery note and thank you for for listening and i hope we've not um other than alex's face if you're watching on youtube triggered anybody too much we're off to take a break and we'll be back with um some more adhd misery in part <laughs> Welcome back to the ADHD Adults Podcast. We're on episode 22 and we're talking about eating and food disorders. It's more of a serious one today, which is obviously for us a little bit difficult and, and both of us have struggled a little bit. In the first part of this, we've we talked about the psychoeducation of, of the comorbidities of eating disorders and food with ADHD. We're going to do some personal reflections now. James, we've established uh, food's quite a big issue for you. So mm. tell us, talk to us about your, your... Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, um, and the weird thing is I knew this was an issue even before you phoned me up that fateful day seven years ago and, and directively told me I had ADHD. You're um, changing this, this now. <laughs> I am, um, yeah. I, I, I've had an unhealth, unhealthy relationship with food for a long time. Um, I now know that I have been eating disorder and and that that's one of the reasons I'm on lisdexamphetamine for my ADHD because it is an appetite suppressant and therefore it means that I don't eat during the day, which reduces the frequency of my binge eating episodes. We'll come to the kind of side effects and the kind of corollaries associated with that. But for years and years and years, my coping mechanism in life was junk food. So I think I mentioned this before, we used to have the fun cupboard um in our house before we moved to this house and it would just be packed full of the kind of cheapest um pound shop b&m bargains fake chocolate bars biscuits cake crisps that you can get which would cost less than a ten it's ridiculous actually how cheap it is to buy mm. shit food but i would have that that fun cupboard would be packed and if i was having a particularly stressful day or i was emotionally a bit all over the place i would nail the shit out of everything in that cupboard to the point where i would have you know, vomit literally creeping up my esophagus and then obviously I would hide all the evidence so I, I'd pick stuff out of the bin and put all the wrappers that I had um, produced from eating all this crap halfway down the bin because I didn't want Mrs. ADHD to know that I'd eaten all this stuff and then after that I would just feel the deepest shame sit there self-loathing you know crying as i continue to cram the cheapest two for one pound onion rings which i bought into my face because there is an instant emotional reward from eating but then that is followed by that horrible horrible sense of guilt and shame <clears throat> which makes binge eating disorder so um serious i alongside that i thought it was really interesting when you um, spoke in the psychoeducation section that I wrote for you about our executive dysfunction and how that alters our ability to plan and prepare healthy food. My career, including doing stuff on television, has largely been around um, healthy eating, metabolism, digestion, avo avoiding obesity and diabetes. I don't eat fruit and vegetables. I get no reward from them. I didn't as a child. My mum my used to mash um, carrots into my a potato and then pretend it wasn't there and i'd say mum it's orange and she'd say no it isn't and that was her attempt to try and get me to engage with he was 28 yeah i was 28 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was her attempt to get me to engage in fruit and vegetables, and it didn't work. So I have to, if I do have them in a, in a soup or in a smoothie, because I just it's it's a textural thing. But that ability to cook something healthy, I I, I don't have the the, the the skills to plan, the interest, the reward from it. So for me, frozen stuff that I can just reheat and eat, I can happily just eat, you know, warm pulp that's got vague flavor as long as there's lots of it. For me, it really is about, you know, quantity and not quality. And 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 that is a very unhealthy attitude with food. But a lot of that comes from the fact that I, I just don't have the planning skills. I don't have the patience. I don't have the uh, perception of time to be able to do all these things, to, to, to even approach, right, okay, but if I wanted to cook something healthy tonight, what am I going to cook? Immediate blank, well, fuck it, I'll just have, I'll just have a, a vegan chicken burger or whatever and that you know i i hate it alex i fucking hate it i hate everything about my relationship with food just to to finish off the thing about liz dex it it is really helpful for me when it comes to controlling my binge eating during the day but when it wears off and this is something that does happen and can happen um to individuals on liz dex amphetamine or any appetite suppressant is you get bounce back hunger so i actually find that what it tends to do is it means that five o'clock six o'clock in the evening is when i actually start eating something but then i just once i start i can't stop and this is one of the reasons that i have turned to substances which may increase your appetite when consumed because actually it removes the guilt of binge eating so i can say i've just got the munchies actually that's why i'm eating all this shit not because i'm a binge eater and that is a really big thing for me to admit but it's true that as part of that kind of domestic anxiety thing we've talked about and just getting through the evening, sometimes I choose a, a method of dealing with domestic anxiety that I know is going to make me eat more. And I'm actually, kind of, I've got the in, insight into this, but I still do it because I know it removes the guilt of binge eating. It means I can eat all the shit that's in the house and not feel guilty because actually I can blame it on that substance I just took. I fucking hate it. I hate everything about it. What about you? I know. Yeah, it's I've I've... Everybody, people know I'm friends with you outside of here. And watching watching you have this eating sort of always been really horrible. I, <laughs> despite my amazing physique, wobbly <laughs> physique, food has always been an issue for me as well. But I don't I don't have an eating disorder. I probably never have a, a drinking disorder, but that's a different thing. <laughs> but I never understood growing up and and all the way through to now. I never understood why I couldn't say no to stuff. Obviously, I know why. Why now? Um, any impulsive behaviours, chewing my fingernails, clicking a pen, eating too much of food that was there. In my case, all of them are fundamentally linked to not having a strong off switch in my brain. Mm. This is a lack of cognitive inhibition. Combine it with that calorific behemoth alcohol and, and me trying to lose weight was without any support or emotional acceptance was, a, was always a losing battle. Um, still... Difficult, but I control alcohol these days and I like running and so not officially obese. That's what he'll say on my gravestone. <laughs> he wasn't officially obese. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's kind of everything you've described apart from the, the disorder yeah. thing that it's there, I'll eat it. I don't want to plan. I don't want to have to plan. I, you well know I like cooking, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I'll yeah don't, don't fucking do the finger thing <laughs> what i can't do is is cook is plan a surprise meal i have to mm. go get the ingredients when i'm 
ready to go shopping to buy things I like. I have it, day, I have to have the exact day and time of what I'm going to cook, and the ingredients have to be there. If one thing goes wrong outside of that plan, you know, I'm going to the chip shop. Yeah. Oh, I'll just do that then. That's an impulsive behavior. I'll just choose that and then hate myself. And that, you know, that's a, a daily battle, and it has been for, if I count them, 46 years. You sure, it's yeah, not 40, you sure it's not 47, Al? Um, I'll let me just check. Fuck off. <laughs> just just let everybody know that Alex forgot how old he was the other day. And we had, a, an, we had an actual argument because I know he's 46. And Alex was arguing, I'm not, I'm, oh. four, I'm 47. And I said, what year were you born, Alex? <laughs> I was so sure I was right. <laughs> it was devastating. Yeah, well, for me it was particularly enjoyable. Thank you for sharing that. I know this, you know, this is a topic that's, that's very important to me, and I know that um, it must have been frustrating to not be able to take the piss out of me because it's mm, a serious very. topic. But I, but I appreciate you showing some level of restraint. <clears throat> Before the break, we've just got time to play the game described by at least one of our listeners as better than anything Alex has ever done or will ever do, and that's what's James lost or forgotten this week. Was the listener you? Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe. No, it's not. I don't actually listen to our podcast. As I said, it's use, it's, it's shit. Anyway, so as usual, we don't know quite what score Alex has got because we've forgotten, but we think it's just mm-hmm. about less than 50%, seven out of something. So you've got three options here, Al, as usual, are three things that I may have forgotten, lost, mislaid, etc. The first is, did I forget my dad's birthday, his 91st birthday? <sighs> Yeah, that would be a bad one, wouldn't it? Did I dye my eyebrows ginger because I forgot how much self-tan to add to my moisturiser? Uh, I, I feel that... What? <laughs> you we'll forgot how... No, no, we'll no s- self-tan, James, is the answer to how much <laughs> self-tan you should add to we'll, your We'll circle back to that, Al. <laughs> okay. Or, in option three, did I forget... Um, we mentioned this actually in last week's podcast. Did I forget to reorder my meds? So I am currently unmedicated. So forget my dad's birthday. Forget how much self tan to add to my moisturizer. So I dyed my eyebrows ginger. Um, <clears throat> or forget to reorder my meds. So I'm currently unmedicated. Uh, that would explain your choice of shirt. <laughs> it's a good shirt. You've forgotten all three already, haven't you? Dressed at several. I've just written seven out of 16 on a piece of paper instead of writing. <laughs> <laughs> instead of writing down what you said. Okay, no, Dad's birthday, 91. Ginger eyebrows. I mean, I'm looking at you on the screen and they don't look very ginger. It's this, it's this. I'll back away from this. <laughs> that one! That one! Ginger eyebrows! Ginger eyebrows! Okay, so it's a bit of a red herring. You're wrong. Um, I actually forgot to reorder my meds, so I'm currently unmedicated. Uh, I did dye my eyebrows ginger, not because I forgot how much self-tan to add, um, just because I didn't really understood how it worked. And so therefore, it's a bit of a red herring. In I, they are gingerer than normal, and it's because I had to do some filming and I had feedback say, about oh, this. Did you say you didn't understood how it worked? Yes, I didn't understand. Oh. I didn't understand that if I rubbed oh. it on my face, the hair on my face, including my beard, would also go a slight orange color wow and, and you're using self-tan because it's 1980s no 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 no, no because I, I, I specifically did some filming for an organization and the feedback on the test reel i was 
I got back was, he looks ill. Has he never seen the sun? <laughs> and because and, of and, RST, was, I went, was, <laughs> and it was for a Dracula film as well, so that's particularly Exactly, hard. exactly. So you, again, <laughs> failed to score a point, Alex. Oh. I, uh, I appreciate your complete ineptitude at this game. Uh, so on that hilarious note, we will take a break and we'll come back in the final part where we'll give you some top tips and a product recommendation. See you then. Welcome back to part three of episode 22 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. We are talking about all things food and eating disorders and uh, the hilarious topic that is eating disorders when you have ADHD or whether you don't. Uh, as always, we're going to be talking about top tips. This is what I'm really uncomfortable with, James, as you know, because it's more clinical and I'm not an expert. So let's start with you, James. Top tips. Yeah. So as I live with an eating disorder and I also know a dietitian, my tips are for once going to fucking annihilate yours, Alex. So prepare yourself for that. I'm actually not going to get things horribly wrong. Good. Um, First of all, and I know we've said in the past, this doesn't work for people. Find a way of having a list, whether it's on your phone, whether it's a piece of paper, when you do shopping, that includes some healthy foods. That doesn't necessarily have to be foods for a meal, but it can be the type of healthy snacks that you can have around the house. So nuts, fruit, etc. Because there are other elements of our of our relationship with food which can be damaging so for example if you as i have talked about in the past hyper focus on something for so long that you you don't eat because you're so hyper focused then it can be useful to have and this this is something that came from a, my, my dietitian friend Dwayne. um he said to try and have dotted around the house just little bits of healthy food little bowl with some nuts in some fruit not just in one place in the kitchen so it becomes blind but it, you know in in the rooms where you generally tend to to inhabit in your house have some healthy snacks there which means that if you forget to eat you've got um, a healthy option in terms of eating that is far better than having the fun cupboard the types of materials which um you know are massively energy dense massively calorific they are rewarding but at the same time they're particularly bad for you if you're like me and that you eat for emotional reasons which is one of the reasons that i have always gone to the fun cupboard historically and, and and looked for that food and this is difficult it's not easy but it's something that you can walk towards try, work towards try and find an alternative reward that can help you with that emotional distress it could be that it's music it could be that it's exercise it could be that it's if you've got an adhd buddy or a friend or your partner to sit down and talk about how you're feeling and if you can deal with the stress or anxiety or emotional state which often leads you to eat in a different way then that is, is clearly going to be healthier other coping strategies that might help are not having the types of food in the house that you can binge eat on now obviously we live in a 24 7 culture and we've all got access to um taxi car driven food delivery services and apps that allow food to come to your house very quickly so this is difficult but at least if you add that extra step it may reduce the amount of times that you do order in food that's that's unhealthy for me it's the only way i cannot eat shit constantly and that's not having it in, if it's in the house i'll not only eat it but I'll eat it all at once because in my head I think, well, I'm going to eat it. I may as well eat it all at once. And I'd rather get that done now than know it's there for the next five days, which is ludicrous. So I, I can't have it in the house. So avoid having the types of food in the house that you know are going to lead 
are going to enable you to have damaging um, eating behaviours. What about you, Al? Yeah, no, I mean, the alternative reward thing, James, it's, it's exactly how I deal with um, with controlling alcohol intake. It's, it feels, what you're describing feels exactly the same as that, really, alternative rewards. Um, I, I haven't got any tips for eating disorders. It's so personal. I'm not an eating expert. I'm not a clinician. But it, it, in general, of course, we know that eating is a, is a psychological response, isn't it? It's something our brain tells us to do. So if it's something you're struggling with, please, my top tip is, Please don't be afraid of asking for help from your GP or from anybody you think could, would be helpful. And and when you're asking for help, try to, if you can find it in you, try to gently explain that you have ADHD symptoms. Doesn't matter if you're diagnosed or not. Um, th that's my top tip. It's all, it's all I want to say, really, is ask for help with this. It's, it's real and serious. I, it, it is. And thank you for, for sharing that, Al. <clears throat> you massive twat. Yeah. Um, so just so you can't print it. So no, that, bring, it, yeah. that brings us to <laughs> that brings us to our product recommendation of the week. Now, those of you who follow really me, thought you were going to say Uber Eats. <laughs> 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 definitely not that. No, definitely no. No, get it off your phone. Seriously, it's um, yeah. I I ordered a pizza on Saturday night after already eating because I oh. I was on my own and yeah, it's not it's not a good idea. Now, good the product idea. recommendation of the week is something which we. we we really kind of hinted at on Instagram that Mrs. ADHD demanded that I purchase. And I was very much against the idea and that's uh, an air fryer. And we've talked about getting one of these in the past. And then Mrs. ADHD did, did a very kind thing for me. I'm waiting for an appointment to see an orthopedic surgeon. And she chased it up and got me that appointment. I've been waiting for 12 months. So I thought, okay, so she wants an air, she wants an air fryer. I'll fucking buy one. It's not going to be any good. And I have to hold my hands up and say, it's fucking amazing. It's got what the one it? that we, is it, what it, what is it? the one that one that we've got a ninja. Obviously, because Mrs. ADHD asked for it, it's like one of the most expensive ones. But it's a yeah. dual compartment air fryer which has several different settings. So you can bake, you can roast, you can air fry, you can max. Crisp it, what is it even? Fry. What do the words mean? Air fry. Oh, so basically, I, if you want, you can use it. Oil. What does it so, mean? So you, Alex, as I yeah. understand, have an old fashioned fryer which you dip your chips in or whatever you like a deep your, fat fryer yeah it's a deep fat fryer well imagine doing the same thing with a teaspoon of oil so it's much healthier and imagine that it cooks much quicker than a deep fat fryer so it's that the reason i'm i'm mentioning this as a product recommendation is it's so fucking adhd friendly because actually the one that we've got and there are other versions has two compartments which you can sync so that they stop at the same time now i can't tell you the amount of times that I've walked into the house and the gas hob has been left on all day mm. or the amount of times we've either of us have turned the oven on and then forgotten that we're preparing food and the oven sat there preheating for two hours or obviously the amount of times that we put something in the oven or on a fryer and then forgotten it's there and then the house is full of smoke. This nifty little device, which replaces, if you like, an oven, uses less energy, much smaller, just takes that problem away because you press start and then when it stops, it just turns off. Now, the worst thing that's going to happen then is you've got some cold food, which is much better than having burnt food or using lots of energy. So it's massively ADHD friendly. We've got a Ninja. There are other versions available. Dual compartment air fryer and hats off to Mrs. ADHD. I don't say this very often, but no, she, was she was absolutely right with that. So that's our product recommendation. Okay. <clears throat> Unless um, Captain Roundface has got anything to say. Anything else to add, Al? You don't need to make insulting right at the end. It's hurtful. 
Is it? It's not really hurtful because you, you know you haven't got a round face. That's the whole basis. <laughs> of the I mean, if you had, it, it would it would be mean. You've got a. Oh, it's the captain bit. I don't like. <laughs> I, know, I know, and that's why you, you've got a you've got a gaunt kind of sort of sallow. Is that a word? Face. That's your face. Thank, anyway. thank you. You've yeah, literally never said anything kinder to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you for listening. That was episode 22 of the ADHD Adults, where we talked about ADHD and eating behaviours. Um, as we've said, obviously, this can be a very emotive uh, set of circumstances or issue for people. So please, if you want to get in touch to talk about any of these issues, please do. But obviously, um, reach out if you need help to healthcare professionals. You can contact us on the socials at the usual address at ADHD Adult UK. So until next time, see you later. Bye, all.